Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another one of our episodes that is a Twitter Live Spaces. Um, we are going to be joined again, as always, by Politico and, uh, well, all-around great person, uh, PR specialist, uh, Sarah Biggs. And we have got a whole lot to talk about tonight. I know I say that almost every every week, but it has been a fascinating week and we have uh, a couple of uh, fascinating DMs that just rolled in right in time for the show to start. So we're going to we're going to get into those as well as we're going to get into uh, everything else that's happened over the last week because holy heck has it been a nutty 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 week. Um, but before we get too far into things, um, I just want to sort of reiterate the, the average standard ground rules that if you have, uh, at any point in the program, I don't know what to call it. I should, I guess I should have listened to premier Kenny's efforts, uh, yesterday. Maybe I'd, maybe I know the vernacular a little bit better, <clears throat> but if at any point you, uh, have some concerns, you want to raise a point, um, you have something that you, you feel like we've missed or something that we've gotten wrong. Absolutely. Please use the little microphone as long as you're on a mobile device, uh, request to become a speaker. Our only rules are, uh, we ask for respectful discourse and we also ask, that you don't share any um, demonstrably false information is is how I'll say it. Um, Sarah, how are you doing tonight? I'm good. How are you? I'm I'm great. I just had a nap. Uh, oh, lucky like you! Forty five minutes ago, because I, I got home from having a very busy day, and I, I I I needed a nap. So I I am fresh and raring to go. I'm a tired mom. My toddler did not agree. Shoot. With the fact that bedtime was still happening. Hooray, daylight savings time. So her usual bedtime is mm, 5.45, 6. Then she sleeps straight to until 7, 7.30 and doesn't wake up. That's her routine usually. This morning she woke up at 7.30 and she went to bed at 20 after 7, 7.30. So it was great. Well, that's awesome. With... Uh, a nap in between, but it was not enough napping. Um, See, you got to have enough napping. I, I'm tired. Like I'm you too. Can't... I'm too old for running after a toddler. I really am. <laughs> it's uh... <laughs> last year. I was like, oh, you know, time change is not too bad. This year, uh, uh-uh. uh. Yeah, this year, st- this year stung. I don't know why, but this year, she... hooray for getting old. I guess. So we were having dinner after because she eats dinner at around five and we're having dinner later and she wouldn't go to bed. So she was playing around and then she decided to put one of her music instruments in my plate. And then she looked at me and clapped her hands. Oh, nice. I was like, good job. And, you know, (laughs) if anyone wonders how glamorous my life is, it is not. Well, I wear Costco leggings and I run after a toddler. <laughs> that that sounds moderately glamorous. It's um, okay. There you go. <laughs> so out of the gates, 
Yeah. There are two DMs, one of which I've already I've already shared, um, that I want to talk about real quick. Uh, because one of them has to do exactly with our first topic. So our first topic tonight is I don't know what we're calling it, the the Jason Kenny Power Hour. Uh, uh, the, the, the Saturday Bible studies. The, you know, Sorry. I I had to. Well, there's 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 some strong parallels to Alberta's history that I think that a lot of people might not be aware of. Um, it, we have had premiers in the past who have taken to the uh, public airwaves to share their thoughts. One of the last ones who did it uh, definitely had a let's call it an evangelical slant. Um, so that's that's part of where a lot of the the jokes about the the Bible hour stuff have come from. But before we get into deconstructing the power hour, I'm just gonna I'm gonna call it the power hour because uh, the given title I just can't without the bile uh, rising up. So um, the one of the fascinating things about the D, the the power hour is we got a DM earlier in the week. That earned us the uh, attention of one of Mr. Kenny's high-level staffers. Um, and that DM had to do with the fact that allegedly, now I need to be very clear, Mr. Kenny's uh, communications direct executive person, Christine Myatt, um, she denies that this was the case. Now, we got this from a very, very reliable uh, source that has consistently been uh, very, very, very accurate. Um, so we'll see what we see. But for anybody who missed it, what the contents of that message were, were that there were was directions that were coming down that staffers were going to be required to call in and ask softball questions of the premier um, to ensure that he got to talk about the things that he wanted to talk about. Now, as we saw with the actual broadcast, he talked about the things that he wanted to talk about, regardless of what the questions were. Um, but the Christine Myatt came out very, very strongly and said, no, that's that's not true. But what's interesting is this source of ours, who is, like I said, very, very well placed, um, came around and uh, advised us today that, in fact, what had actually had happened was uh, the they kind of scrambled after that was leaked because obviously that wasn't something they publicly wanted known. And they're now going to start to, I'm going to use the vernacular correctly, feather in staff questions until the second, uh, at which point it should be pretty much all staff questions. So mm-hmm. we, out of respect, all due respect for Christine Maya, we went ahead and tagged her and we said, hey, let's just put this thing to bed one way or the other. Um, you come out and confirm that uh, no staffers ever have, nor have any staffers will. Uh, that was poor, poor use of, of words there. Nor will any staffers ever call in and ask scripted questions to the Jason Kenny Power Hour. Haven't heard a response yet back. Obviously, if we do get one, we will make sure that we share it. Because if she's willing to provide that level of transparency and accountability, I think that's something that uh, that should be celebrated. So... That's the first piece, but let's talk a little bit about the 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 Kenny show or or. So I, I was driving when I was listening to it while my toddler was having a nap. Um, it was weird. <laughs> it was so weird. So, uh, one of the question was from one of the open brackets teachers. 
um, that she really sounded really, really upset that the government is playing with her pension. And it sounded off so scripted. Like, you can always tell when someone is reading a script or following a script or if someone's just winging it like I Oh, am. yeah, the, the pacing is totally different. It's totally different. Um, but then, but then Dr. Grace came in. So I was in my car with my husband driving around. And they're like, oh, Angela. She's like, yes, hi, Dr. Angela Grace here. I was like, holy f- <laughs> holy shit mm. I was like she went through and good for her and good for her um, I was cheering for her I was really impressed that she managed to get through um, but everything was so scripted like that that Bjorn guy that, that probably was not scripted uh, Bjorn was saying that you know we should not um, stop trading with Russia and freedom was important. Um, and then we had some very, very soft balls that were written. And you know what? If you're going to spend money on advertising, can you please some do put out some content that people will believe in? And that's precisely why we don't do advertising, folks. <laughs> like, can you at least try to get people that do not sound like they're reading their mother's birthday card yeah there it were some was so bad there were some moments that were pretty I, I i didn't get to listen to it live uh but i did get to listen to it because the premier was kind enough to uh retweet it as a, a spaces thing actually mm-hmm. uh so i did get to listen listen to it after the fact i want to take a quick sec to talk about dr angela grace yes um because as as luck would have it the we filmed an episode with Dr. Grace on Friday, uh, and then she got onto the show on Saturday. So the time you couldn't be more beneficial. But the reason why we filmed that episode with her is because of the ongoing problems with the curriculum. And some of you may have seen an announcement that came out uh, this week where they were like, "Ah, we're pausing some more things," but there's a whole lot that they're not. Pausing. Uh-huh. And we, we've seen this over and over again with the curriculum where the, the UCP and Adriana LaGrange will come out and they will say, oh, we're listening. We got we, we're, we're going to pause this. And a lot of people take that to mean, um, oh, no, no, it's it's they're going to pause the whole thing. And that's not at all what's happening. And in fact, there are so many people. I mean, we saw the survey come out this week that talked about the fact that only 5% of teachers think that this is going to have a positive impact on students, um, which is an unbelievably low number um and yet also a very real number uh, but it's still like horrifyingly low um and there's a lot of people who are still very very concerned about how this curriculum is going to negatively impact kids dr grace is a clinical psychologist and she's very concerned about what's going to happen with the the wellness of kids and how the yeah. way that the curriculum is taught is going to impact kids' psychological I'm, health. I'm worried about how this curriculum will impact my eldest's mm-hmm. health. Um, you know, an age where girls are developing, their bodies changing. Do we really need to talk about body image in grade two? Without defining it. And that's, that's part defining of- it and yeah. putting out stereotypes out there. 
promoting healthy habits and exercise, 100%. But starting to try to define uh, the proper body image or, you know, some standards and some dude somewhere in Edmonton decided to make it so. I'm, I'm not, I had a very long conversation with Dr. Grace last night. And, you know, it's the right thing to do right now with this government would be for them to put a full stop on it. Yep, absolutely. And delay it until 2024. Yep. And you know what, guys? Campaign on it. See what happens. Yeah, no, there's no I would I would challenge Mr. Kenny to campaign on this curriculum. That's that's going to get us to our, our second DM in just a minute. But um, ben, yeah. ben, Ben wants to talk. Oh, well, why don't I finish this quick point and then we'll get Ben yeah. in. Um, so one of the other big things that Dr. Grace came on the show to talk about, and we'll be, we'll be releasing that episode on Wednesday, is the fact that there is a province-wide protest being organized for April the 2nd. Uh, and this is a province-wide protest that's extraordinarily grassroots. It's being organized through uh, a group of people that have been advocating with concerns about the curriculum for almost two years now. Um, and it is going on. Uh, there's for sure going to be a large rally in Edmonton. There's for sure going to be a large rally in Calgary. Uh, there's for sure going to be a rally in Grand Prairie. They're looking at also holding rallies in Red Deer, in Lethbridge, and there's I'm I'm missing a bunch that are that should be on the list, um, mm-hmm. but that's something that I would really encourage everybody to think about, not only looking out for, but definitely think about attending because this uh, curriculum, I, I couldn't agree with you more, Sarah. I think that this curriculum should be campaigned on because this is very much not a quality curriculum. It's not what people were promised. And so it's, no, we got the dollar store version. We always yeah. get the dollar store version. Yeah. I love Dollarama. Don't get me wrong, but it's not always the greatest quality. It's it's not where I would go for my curriculum, that's for sure. Let's get Ben in and see what mm-hmm. Ben has to say. Uh, and then we'll continue rolling through the events of the week. So, Ben, what's going on today? Hello, I folks. I, I am incredibly annoyed that, you know, the bar is so low that we are talking about one good question from a good doctor. Like, all the awful policy choices, decisions, and we only get one good quality question that isn't even properly answered. I mean, is this is this supposed to be a joke or are we supposed to take this seriously? We're supposed to take if this seriously. If we are supposed to take this seriously. I mean, there there are there are, there are multiple elephants in the room. Why didn't this host start with the Ubaka question? Mr. Yes. Premier, yeah. you have just forced a lot of people who support you to abuse a private citizen. Let's start from that small elephant before we talk about there's so many other elephants when it comes to poor policy choices and decisions this is such a low bar and this this desperate attempt everybody sees through it and i think people have had enough of it and i just i just wanted to chip in with this sorry yeah i cannot tell you how 
I've um, a lot happened in the past few weeks, and those past few weeks have been extremely difficult. Um, and I cannot express how much on the money you are uh, by giving Mr. Ubuku, uh, Dr. Ubuku as, a, as an example. Um, there's a lot of people out there right now. They're dealing with some sort of commentary or, you know, proposals or suggestions from uh, some people um, from that government to, you know, keep it, keep it down, keep it low. Um, Thank you, Sarah. Like, in the one hour you guys spend here, you offer a lot more detail on a lot more substantive issues than we got from the premium. Like, are you kidding me? Yes, let's start with Dr. Ubaka one. Let's talk also about some decisions about why Casey Madu is still in, in, is still, you know, why he excuses his behavior. Oh, and while we are at it, let's talk about post-secondary funding, post-secondary increases for a lot of students. Yeah. Now, for a I lot wa- of- I was, look, I was lo- looking at the increases. It's It's unbelievable. It's for a lot of, yeah. for a lot of, for a lot of people, yes. Education is the single biggest determinant when it comes to upward social, social mobility. For racialized communities, it is absolutely the only option for increased social mobility. And when you make it harder for second, first and second generation people to afford education for their children, you are essentially saying this: these generations do not matter. And these are more major issues to talk about rather than all the obfuscating and just poor. Like this was a, we a, could we we could have a two hours episode every day. Absolutely. And anyway, anyway, I just yeah, I just need to <laughs> hold the fire. But hey, I appreciate yeah. the work you guys do every time. Thank you. Well, thank you. Thank, thank you. Again. For Thanks, for man. anybody who's not familiar, just because I want to make sure that we give uh, the concerns that Ben just raised there the the full context. Um, Dr. Ubaka Bogo is he's been on the show before when he was addressing the the powers of the Chief Medical Officer of Health here in Alberta because there was a lot of confusion about that. He is a a law professor uh, who specializes in health law, and um, he put out he, he I, I love his twitter personally because he does a lot of jokes he does a lot of satire and obviously that's sort of the same sandbox that we play in and he put out a satirical tweet where he talked about the fact that he was going to continue to wear masks not just because of the health benefits those are secondary for him now but he was going to wear it to uh spite the premier mr kenny took a screenshot of that tweet and made it a focus on his all of his social media. He later deleted it from Twitter, but he put it out across all of his social media. And since then, Dr. Obogu has had to deal with horrible, horrible, horrible harassment. Uh, he has had to. He teaches at the University of Alberta. He has had to deal with uh, security from the University of Alberta, raising multiple concerns because now people aren't even trying to just get a hold of him. They're just calling people at the U of A and saying horrible things about the the doctor and and leaving it on other people's voicemail. So Mr. Mr. Kenny knows. We know this because of his work with uh, Unite Alberta. He knows that when he blows a dog whistle, the dogs will come coming. Uh, and he, there's no way that he didn't know that by putting a 
BIPOC law professor on blast on his social media who put up a satirical tweet that he was making a tremendous target out of Dr. Bogu. And that is, I mean, it's certainly a lot of people thought, well, Matt Wolf's gone. Maybe, maybe that's over with. Clearly it's not clearly it's cultural with this, this government. And it's something that everybody needs to be aware of because we literally have the premier of Alberta singling out private citizens and doing everything in his power short of saying, go get them guys uh, to bully and intimidate a voice of dissent and that's absolutely not okay so thank you ben so much for for bringing bringing that up because yeah i mean we try to cover a lot in the hour that we have every week but there is unfortunately a inferno of things that are going on and i i honestly think that's part of what they bank on they turn the fire hose on and they hope that some of these things fall through the cracks and that's why we started doing these weekly and you guys if i could slip in a cheeky comment before i ran off now look kissy madu claimed during his that he called the chief of police to hey, are you guys tracking, are you monitoring me, Black Lives Matter, blah, blah, blah. We all know his history with the whole Black Lives Matter issue. But the bigger point is this. Here is a Black prof who is being attacked. If there was ever a time to call the chief of police, no further comment. I don't disagree with anything you just said there, Ben. Thank you. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, back to the Kenny show. Um, and I think that you raised some very good points that are actually right in front of me here. So one of the big problems that is presented that a lot of journalists and a lot of broadcasters and a lot of commentators have pointed out is that this gives Premier Kenny for only the cost of advertising because the, the radio stations and the parent company have come out and said that he's not he's not getting paid and they're not getting paid for the airtime, which raises a whole bunch of questions in and of itself. But there's mm-hmm. real concerns about the fact that a politician has effectively this huge platform every Saturday morning. There's no fact checking. There's no rebuttals. People call in and ask their question. Mr. Kenny clearly chooses whether or not he wants to ask, answer the question that they asked or if he wants to talk about something else because he did that a bunch. Yeah. Um, and there's real concerns about what this is going to do further to the quality of discourse that's already been damaged. But we got Andrea here. Andrea, we were talking about uh, a, a rally thing going on. I think you might know a little bit about it. I do. I do know a little bit. Am I on? I'm on. Okay. Yeah, you're um, on. <laughs> uh, yeah. What did I miss? <laughs> uh, well, basically, we we're just talking about the fact that uh, Dr. Grace did an amazing job of trying to hold Mr. Kenny to task. I think that her next mug, per- I personally, I think the next mug should should say premise rejected because she has an awesome mug collection. So funny uh, story. Uh, she texted me before while she was on hold before she got on air um, and gave me the question. I was like, yep, no, that's a good one. Make sure that you know that he's not your audience. His audience is your audience. So yep. whatever you say, make sure that it's to his audience and not to him because he's clearly not going to listen to you. And then, then I texted her. So want to take bets on how long it's going to take before he rejects your premise. <laughs> <laughs> and then... And he did. It took about 90 seconds. Who uh, won the bet? Well, we didn't. It was just an open bet. It was just a sentence like, hey, want to take bets? Because she didn't. She kind of laughed off. But that's why she was laughing in the background, because I called it right before he did it. <laughs> Since we have you here, mm-hmm. um, 
the you I know you're one of the organizers for the rally on April 2nd. There's yeah. a website that has fallen out of my head because I'm halfway through editing the the interview that we did with Dr. Grace. What is the website that people can go to if they want to learn more about this really important rally? Uh, right now, if you look at my picture and it says ditch the draft curriculum, uh, it's ditch the draft.ca. Oh, there we go. That's easy. Yeah. A parent uh, here in Grand Prairie bought the domain and has been working on it in his spare time. Dustin, actually, Dustin bought it. Okay. Um, so that's where the information is pooling. So we're trying to make that a one-stop shop that meets both people who don't speak teacher and people who do speak teacher all in the same spot. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. So there you go, folks. If you are uh, somebody who cares about quality education, if you're somebody who cares about making sure that this government knows that foisting a 50%, well, 100% garbage curriculum on kids, uh, go to ditchthedraft.ca and uh, you can find it where the, the closest rally is for you. And Angela, or sorry, Andrea, if I'm correct, you're also providing a bit of a toolkit for anybody who wants to organize their own rally if they're in like a smaller community or what have you uh, for April 2nd. So that's correct, right? Yeah, we're we're trying to pool resources. It's very bootstrap. It's very, very grassroots right now. Um, you can DM me if that's if that's the shortest path um, and we can just add you to the groups to the conversation. Um, the ones that are on the website right now are the ones we have confirmations for. Um, otherwise, it's we're going to ask for photos and videos from wherever across the province there can be so that we can show that solidarity and that bipartisanship. Um, we're making sure that no politicians are going to be invited to speak whatsoever. They can show up in the crowd if they want to. Um, Allard said she'd come. Um, I know. However, however, that was before Notley retweeted me with language that might have shot that in the foot. Oh, dear. <sighs> not, I'm not really happy about that, actually. Oh, dear. Well, leave it to you... a politician to politicize things, right? Yeah, well, that's the thing, right? Like, it's it's still being weaponized. We're trying to save this curriculum, this curriculum, and like work on public education in, in general. And politicians from both sides are taking these like really quick, cheap shot jabs at each other and weaponizing it, and it's not helpful. Well, for what it's worth, the breakdown is going to be the one in Calgary. We're trying to set up a, a satellite breakdown thinger uh, in Edmonton. Uh, mm -hmm. And and we're gonna we're gonna try to to do our best to to help amplify it in our own little way because awesome. uh, it's 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 critically important work that you guys are doing. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it really, really is. <laughs> Did you have anything else that you wanted to add, Andrea? Uh, no, I thought I had gotten my kids back or down to bed, uh, and then they came out while I was talking, so I have to start over. <laughs> well, good luck with that. Daylight savings time is turning into fun for everybody. It seems. Uh, yeah, that's definitely playing into this. So I thought I had it good and I was only 15 minutes late, but now I got to start over. So, uh, shameless plug for ditchthedraft.ca. Um, literally shameless because there's no shame. No, there should, and there <laughs> should be. Hi, Angela. You want to take over? <laughs> Bye guys. <laughs> okay. Thanks. Um, so that's the <laughs> 28 minutes in. I think we're finishing up the Kenny show now.
Uh, unless yeah, Sarah, so you that, had let's 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 this. move on. Okay. Next. Um, <laughs> next. Uh, I think it would be irresponsible if we didn't talk a little bit about our favorite, uh, my favorite MLA and yours, Mr. Shane Getson, because mm. he managed to. I mean that that guy's got a shovel. And <laughs> damn, he knows how to use it. Um, <laughs> He because, doesn't have a filter. No. Um, <laughs> so he, he came out again and not only supported the convoy, but specifically one of the convoy organizers and said, you know, keep going. You're doing great work. This is somebody who's on restricted behavior for bail uh, reasons. Uh, yeah, and, and, she, and, and she should run for office. And she should run for office. Yeah. It's also important to note that this is someone who, and we we went ahead and shared the memo of understanding because there were so many people asking, what was this memo of understanding? And because it was deleted from their website, it can be a little tricky to find. But this is somebody who openly incited insurrection in in Canada. Uh, and we have here we have Shane Gatson not only supporting her, but then he decided to really go all in and talk about the importance of spanking municipalities. So what's been surprising with that kerfuffle, because I lack of better words right now, it's that in summer 2021, they've tried to download as much as they could on municipalities. During the best summer ever TM, they didn't want to do mask mandates, you know, things like that. The government was like, you know what? Then the municipalities are equipped. They have the tools to take care of those issues. Now that it is not fitting the premier's political agenda anymore, they're going to take the chocolate back. Like so, it looks at what the bill's going to be like. It's going to be uh, masks and vaccine mandates. It seems really what they're going to try to. Um, remove from um you know the power of municipalities of imposing their own mask bylaws so it is but that will set a dangerous precedent in the future well it sets a dangerous precedent but it also I mean, it contradicts what Mr. Kenny has said his priorities are but for municipalities. The, it, it always does. He does something six months later, it changes. He says something three weeks later, it changes. It's nothing new. Like, we knew this would be coming. And really, we shouldn't be surprised to see that happening. Um, it was just a matter of when. So again the curve is going back up. So it's going to be really, 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 you know, yesterday on this, oh, fuck, I got to go back to this radio show. It was like, well, I was just not going to let her rip in the province, but that's what's going to be happening with the sixth wave. Yeah. Because he, the municipalities, the leaders in those municipalities have, I would say the cojones, to make those hard decisions to keep their citizens healthy and safe. Mr. Kenny is trying to remove the very little bit that we had left at the municipal level to try to keep us safe 
because it doesn't fit his political agenda. Two score political points. So, really, is it surprising? Not at all. Is it disappointing? As usual. And he, honestly, it, it just doesn't make any sense. And really, again, Mr. Getson this week should have been disciplined for his comments. Somebody needs to talk to him about his, his social media because that man is... Shane, call me. <laughs> I'll help you. I'm here to help, even if we don't agree. Um, but this needs to stop because we always seen our elected representatives as, you know, lead by example, be the leader in your community, be on your best behavior. But right now he's acting like, like a 17 years old that has very strong opinions and there no filter. Go. Now, I wanted to move on to some of the nomination and leadership before I do, but we just got a DM that I want to make sure that I, I give credit to. Yeah. Uh, because there was, uh, and we talked a couple minutes ago about how during the Jason Kenney Power Hour, there was no facts checking. And they wanted to just send three quick things that uh, they fact checked. And I, you know, I remember hearing this and thinking, oh, that's not true. Uh, but we'll just give quick hi uh, highlight to it. Mr. Kenny referred to Edmonton's chief medical officer of health. Edmonton does not have a chief medical officer of health. Uh, Mr. Kenny claimed that Alberta was the first province to institute a ministry of mental health and addiction. And in fact, BC did that couple years before Alberta did. Uh, and then finally, Mr. Kenny claimed that the NDP, he doubled down on the NDP curriculum piece. Uh, mm -hmm. And as has been established more times than we can count, that curriculum had zero influence from the NDP. Uh, and in fact, it dates back to the PCs. So I guess that's a look in the mirror moment. But let's get to the disqualifications that we saw this week, because there were two very high profile UCP nomination candidates. It's exhausting. <laughs> so we'll do the we'll do the, the 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 really interesting one first, and then we'll do the really really interesting one. So the, but the, I, I have a question for you. Yeah. Who said you are always welcome in Alberta, Faith? Well, this is what Mister Mister Hoven brought up. So I guess we'll switch the order then, because I was this, I was. <laughs> this would be who is Jason Kenny for four hundred dollars, Alex? Yeah. And that's what Mr. Hoven brought up in his yeah. uh, it, um, appeal letter to the UCP. Yeah. So Tim Hoven, uh, as per his own description, joined a group years ago uh, that has since been established as having some ties to white supremacy. Now, Mr. Hoven claims that he didn't know in 20, I think it was 2016, which is, you know, I got to say, and I think we, we commented on this earlier in the week, um, it's a little alarming to me that that anybody in 2016 wouldn't have heard the words white supremacy before. He was young. I, I you know, my <laughs> ten year old has heard has heard that term. Yeah. So I, I, I yeah. have some I have some questions about that. But he did raise the the the, and I hate to use this as a valid argument, but he did raise the valid argument that a few years ago. Jason Kenney did say to Faith Goldie, who is a straight up white supremacist. This is somebody who got kicked off the rebel. 
Okay. Mm -hmm. So this is, this is not like, ah, it might be open to interpretation. This is like, no, 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 super racist. Um, and she, uh, at the peak of all of this, Kenny made a tweet about how faith would always be welcome in Alberta. And the argument that Mr. Hoven used was if you're going to say that other people's social media stuffs um, from years ago should disqualify them from being able to run for the UCP. And that's a whole that's an argument that we're going to we're not going to get into tonight. Um, but if you're going to use that argument, then. Explain, please, how Jason Kenney invited an established white supremacist who was known to be a white supremacist at the time um, to to come to Alberta. Why, yeah. did he, why did he elevate her profile? Why did he say her, speak about her in a positive light? And he hasn't gotten a response back. No. Yet. So I don't know if you remember in 2017, I think it was in July. Doug Schweitzer, during the UCP leadership, spoke against the rebel. Do you remember that? Vaguely. It was a big thing. He was on every TV channel, every news channel, saying, you know what? This is not okay. Those guys, we shouldn't even be talking with them. And uh, Doug really campaigned on, you know, a lot of points that was trying to imply that those interest groups, because that's what I call them. I'm not going to call them media or anything. They're interest groups. Um, were, were trying to do in the province and really try to bring in misinformation and twisting facts. And, you know, so. And the premier remained quite, Jason Kenney, then candidate, remained quite silent on the issue back then. Well, I think it's worth pointing out that the rebel, I mean, A, there's two big things to remember with the rebel. Uh, yeah. And Ezra Levant's probably going to come for me for saying this, but it's been, oh, that, whatever. He's it's been that kind of a week. So here we go. Um, Ezra Levant is on court record saying that he is not a journalist. He, he provides entertainment. He is on the record as saying that the goal of the rebel is not journalism. It is entertainment. And yet, under Mr. Kenny, Nathan Cooper, Speaker of the House, accredited the rebel yeah. in the legislature it, it, as journalists. It's funny how you can justify racism and misinformation as entertainment. Um, there's nothing funny about anti-vaxxers and convoys and anti-maskers and everything is happening on 17th Avenue in the bed line every weekend these days. Um, if you find that entertaining, please, my DMs are open. Um, I'd like to talk with you because I really don't get it. It's painful to deal with. It's, it, it ruins people's lives. It ruins people's living environments, communities. How is that entertainment? I think it's like, entertainment I, for bullies. Yeah, you know, if they're not not journalists, just get yourself out of the ledge. But I'll, I'll give you a ride. It's okay. I got what? a big trunk. They <laughs> can go. Um, you know what the Nate? <sighs> well, here's the thing, and I do think, 
And this is one of the reasons why. I mean, one of the one of the questions that that invariably I get asked every couple of weeks uh, is, "Would you guys think you're journalists or something?" And it's literally in our bio: we're not journalists. We provide commentary, we provide satire, but I look at the the uh, the practice of journalism as a profession, and I hold it. I, I look at, you know, it's fallen a long way in a lot of places, but there are some journalists mm-hmm. out there that are doing amazing, amazing, incredibly important work. And I am a firm believer that the foundation of any democracy is a well-informed electorate. And when you allow people to misrepresent themselves as journalists when they're not, when, when, these, when, when people don't have the self-awareness and the integrity to say, hey, you know what, we want to be part of the conversation. Uh, we want to, you know, what we do at the breakdown is fundamentally something that anybody can do. It's you know, our two cents. Yeah, that's it. And that's it's, it. We, we, we try to make it as informed and accurate as possible, but under no time. And, and when we have stumbled across major air quote stories, we have open uh, provided open sourcing for all of our documentation to real journalists to make sure that they can cover it properly and effectively. And the fact that the rebel can't step away from the, the notion that they are on court record saying that they are entertainment, not journalists, and they still continue to represent themselves to people who are not informed enough to know the difference that is absolutely toxic to our democracy. Uh, so that's that's really all I have to say about that. But it wasn't just Tim Hoven who was disqualified for for bad things. It was actually also a potential candidate named Jody Gateman. Jody Gateman, and this is where it gets really obvious what's going on here, because Jody Gateman was vetted to be the uh, vice president of communications for the UCP. And all of this stuff was not a big enough deal for them in any way to stop her from becoming the vice president or running to become the vice president of communications for the UCP. But now that she's running on an anti-Kenny slate, uh, she's been endorsed. She, I I'm, could be wrong, but I'm 99% sure she was endorsed by Brian Jean as well. Now they're finding reasons to to block these candidates. And I'm not saying by any stretch of the imagination that any of these people um, are people that I would vote for or that, that I would, would support. I don't quite frankly know enough about them. And to be entirely honest, if I'm going to support someone, then my reaction tends to be, I'm going to do it from a, uh, I want to meet, I want to meet you and talk to you first before I decide whether or not I'm going to, going to say, no, I I like what you're doing. Uh, But the the hypocrisy is really what reveals that this is not about the the UCP being an anti-racist organization. This is not about the UCP trying to to hold a higher standard. No, because as Ben would have pointed out earlier, I'm sure we have a just an ex justice minister who is still a minister of the crown who was found to have attempted to interfere with the administration of justice. That enough should have been a loan for a resignation, but he's just got moved to a different portfolio and still is a minister. And that right there to me says, this is not about anything other than blocking Jason Kenney's adversaries and putting up performative 
measures that the people who want to feel good about the UCP can look at and go, oh, yeah, I feel so much better about what we're doing here. See, we're not racist because we kept the racists out. Never mind the ones yeah. that you've already let through the door. No, and that's what I was going to say. It just shows that what point Mr. Kenny's leadership is fragile um, because his one of his main man, Nixon, would have been Oh, he would have been destroyed. Holland, <laughs> totally, like, Holland would have mopped the floor with him. Um, and then what happened with, uh, sorry, what's her name again? Uh, Jody Gateman. Yeah, Gateman. I always forget her name. I'm sorry. Um, so it just shows really that Mr. Kenny is extremely, extremely, extremely worried about his leadership because those two members, uh, those two candidate nomination brought an insane amount of um, new members. Yeah, they did. Mr. Holland brought, what, 600, 700 members? If uh, not a no, thousand? I, I heard higher numbers. I don't obviously yeah. have access to well, the UCP membership database. It sounds like on some days they don't have access to the UCP membership database. Yeah, no, it's, it's just when it's convenient. But um, it, it just shows how fragile Mr. Kenny is right now. And on that note, I want to get to our second DM because we got this one just as we were starting. And this is not, to be clear, this is a, a rumor uh, that has been circulating. This is not the first time that we have been told this. Um, this is, I think now, let me just count here. This is the fourth message that we've received about this. Um, now I, again, this is, I gotta be really clear. This is a, a rumor. One of the reasons why we frame our from the DM tweets as from the DMS is because it's important to us that we, uh, amplify people whose voices wouldn't necessarily be heard um but we can't speak or or authenticate the veracity of it but this is the fourth one so i'm going to say it now um one of the rumors that's going around right now and this is where i'd like to get your pr take on things sarah because one of the rumors that's going around right now is that mr kenny is looking at the numbers for the leadership review of the special general meeting on april 9th and the it's becoming very very clear that there are more tickets that are being sold by people who aren't in his camp uh, than yeah. by by people who are. And there is apparently serious consideration going into him resigning before yeah. April 9th and then running in the leadership race as it's him or Brian Jean. Um, yeah. What do you make of that? There's a lot to unpack here. There is. So much to unpack. Where to Nate, start? Nate, are you going? Okay, well, I guess we'll jump ahead. <laughs> we'll, we'll unpack it in a sec. So here's here's the deal, folks. Um, a little while ago, we floated the question. Uh, if we got to 60 Patreon su subscribers, uh, and depending on what the what our patrons thought, uh, I would go, I would buy a UCP membership and go to the AGM. Now, we're not at 60 subscribers yet, but there was a deadline for the UCP to, to be able to vote and, and attend the meeting. Um, I'm not proud of it. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I do believe that there is 
A, I mean, we learned the hard way with the AGM that that they would, if if there was any opportunity for them to to move the goalposts to keep the breakdown out of these things, that they would. So I actually bought uh, a membership a week ago. Uh, I have my official digital membership card and everything, and I'm hoping that we do get to sixty because it'll it'll gas is expensive now these days, y'all. Um, but regardless, yeah. Uh, the breakdown will be going to there's a there's a couple people actually, uh, but the breakdown will be going up to the SGM if it if this rumor is doesn't come out to play, uh, and we will be providing our own brand of uh, commentary. Uh, we will absolutely, and I want to go on the record with this: we will be respectful. Uh, we will not be disruptive in any way. We will be there to observe, and uh, I'll be in the parking lot. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, no, I pulled I pulled the trigger a couple about a week ago because yeah. I knew that the deadline was there, and I know that uh, there are, there are we've March nineteenth. We've heard from enough people that said no, we really want you guys up there, uh, and so yeah, that's a thing that happened. See you there, Nate. <laughs> All right, we'll see you there. Maybe we'll do. Maybe you know what I was I was toying with this idea. There should be like depending on the weather, like a breakdown tailgate party or something. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> okay, well, I'll be there. I've had a membership out of spite for over a year. There you uh, go. So I'm going to put it to use. That's why I got into the Tracy Allard, Travis Taves open house too. There right? you go. So same idea. Didn't go in blazing guns or trying to like get anybody angry. And what came of it was a very nice photo op with Tracy Allard and our t-shirts that say ditch the draft. And I got to say, I will give props to Allard, whom I have obvious disagreements with on many things, but I'll give props to her for being willing to do that photo with you. Uh, Especially right now when then all of the knives are out everywhere. I respect that is all I'm going to say. I think my, I think my husband's volunteering to barbecue. Oh, there we go. Okay. <sighs> so another shameless plug, just in the same thing before I cut out. Uh, the logo that I have on my picture, um, a teacher slash artist drew that for us. And on the same website, ditchthedraft.com, it is open source. It is free for all. Do whatever you want with it. Make it into any swag. Put it as your profile picture. It is free, common use, uh, proprietary sort of thing. She is donating that to the cause. Um, and that's pretty cool. So I'm going to have a local t-shirt maker make better t-shirts. Because turns out, Ditch the Draft made people confused. They thought I was talking about beer or the military or the football. The football. Um, oh. So we had to add curriculum as training wheels. <laughs> Oh, there we go. Um, so that that decal is in any most of the different things that you'd need from vector to PDF to JPEG to PNG on the Ditch the Draft website. Um, and I will see you in Red Deer, Nate. Sounds good. Excellent. Uh, all right. Um, moving on. There's a couple things that I want to make sure that we get to, and then we're going to open the floor again for any speakers. So, Ben, I see you got your hand up. We will come back to you. Um, But there's a couple of topics that I want to make sure that we hit on. One of the biggest ones, and full disclosure, obviously I do have a bit of a bias in this one because for anybody who's not aware, I am a professional paramedic. Uh, HSAA released 
what the proposals were from AHS in regards to wage rollbacks for all of the healthcare professionals that work under uh, the HSAA. Uh, the HSAA is the Health Sciences Association of Alberta, uh, and they are, in effect, the union that represents paramedics. Now, I got to be really clear. Um, paramedics have one of the lowest cuts for wages. Um, so when I say what I'm saying now, I'm not just saying it from my personal beliefs. Uh, I'm saying it in, for lack of a better word, solidarity with all of the other health care workers who are looking at getting screwed by this proposal. Um, yeah. Well, Nate, do you remember when we were looking at the budget, we saw a decrease in health? Yeah. Well, now we know where and, it is. And we're like, is it a decrease in salary? Is it transferring some to charter? Or is it less overtime? Well, definitely. And privatization. Yeah. So I think it's a mix of charter, privatization, and wage cuts. I think it's terrible, to be clear. Yeah. That anybody would be looking, and obviously, I, you know, I've got my bias. I disclosed that right out of the gates. Uh, oh. I think it's terrible that anybody would be looking at cutting back the wages of healthcare workers. Coming, we're still, you know, a, we're still in a pandemic, y'all. But secondary to that, um, we are also going to be navigating the impacts of the pandemic for years. Yeah. This is something that has been acknowledged by. Everybody, Mr. Kenny uh, and Mr. Copping included. And yet some of the people that they're looking at giving the biggest cuts to, they want to give an almost 11% wage cut to social workers. Mm-hmm. They want to give an almost 11% wage cut to pharmacy technicians. And here's the really offensive one. We have been navigating a respiratory pandemic for over two years, and they want to give an 8% pay cut to respiratory therapists. These are the people who have been doing all of the airway management stuff in all of the hospitals, in all of the ICUs, and they want to claw back almost 10% of their paycheck. And they're not paid super great to begin with. Well... No, like, I come from the land of when I graduated from nursing school, I was making $14 an hour as a nursing student. And I was working in emergency. I was a fully functioning nurse. Um, and I was sometimes working 18 hours a day. And being unvalued and underpaid is the worst. Um, and, Nate, you know that. Oh, yeah. It's the worst thing that you can do to a healthcare worker is undermining their pay. Uh, when I was in nursing college, um, you know, we had hospitals f- from Florida coming here and be like, Quebec nurses are the best trained nurses. We're going to give you $25,000 US discount uh, sign on bonus if you want to come work with us. You'll make $150,000 a year, full benefits. So I think that there's a kind of, so here's my conspiracy theory about this. They will try to do some sort of turnaround and integrate into the private healthcare system. 
I see it as a way to try to die because there's some people that will be like, you know what? Fuck this. I worked for two years with N95 in my face, trying to intubate people and putting myself at risk every single goddamn day. Because that's what it is when you're a respiratory therapist. You just don't walk around with your little pump and the little vent tube and be like, take three deep breaths. You're going to feel better. They fucking intubate people. They deal with respirators. They're in ICU. They're putting their life at risk because COVID is transmitted via aerosols. COVID is airborne. Ah, so... What I'm thinking is that if this continues, we will be, some people will leave the system. A, our public system is going to be decimated. B, I think that there's going to be some private something somewhere. And it's going to be like, oh, come here. We'll pay you 50 bucks an hour. It wouldn't that's okay. Wouldn't surprise me. And, we, and it, the, the thing that's frustrating me about this is that we also saw in the messaging that came out from AHS regarding the vaccination policy for healthcare employees, that that was something that that decision about healthcare workers are no longer required to be vaccinated uh, for COVID. um, That was something that was dictated to them by the government. And so we now have the, the government of Alberta dictating I, regardless of what the medical evidence is, regardless of what the the actual data says, the the government is dictating political decisions. And the fact that that was included, I mean, the, the, that email went went viral across all of the interwebs. Um, but the fact that 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 language was explicitly included speaks very loudly is, is what I'll say to that. Yeah. Um, Moving on. We got three more, and then we're going to open up the floor for a little bit. Um, Let's talk about Keystone. Oh, the pipeline that doesn't exist, but our province is still dreaming about it. Built with Everest steel and pipes. Yeah, so for a little bit of background information for anyone who isn't familiar, Keystone XL was a proposed pipeline that uh, was vetoed by the Biden administration. Now, before President Biden was elected, Mr. Kenny went all in betting on the fact that Trump would be elected and literally dumped hundreds of millions, billions of taxpayers' dollars into getting the pipeline started because he wanted to buy a pipeline to be just like Big Daddy Trudeau. Um And Biden said, nope. And so Keystone was canceled. Now, Mr. Kenny, because of the situation in Russia, even though when you take a look at how much oil uh, the U.S. actually imports from Russia, it's like 7 percent. Mr. Kenny has been saying, well, the best thing that we can do to to fight Russia is to stop all of their economic opportunities. We need to get rid of their oil. Now, the obvious counter arguments are, first of all, well, it's only 7 percent. Are they really going to get it that much from Alberta when they've got the Dakotas and they can just turn up the production? Um, But secondary to that, as you mentioned there, Sarah, TMX is being built with Russian steel by and mm-hmm. large. So are we just going to, is, is Mr. Kenny advocating for stopping building TMX? Because that would be a fascinating argument to see him try to take. Um, but most importantly, perhaps, and the biggest failure in this plan is that the company that owns Keystone XL, TC Energy, has said unequivocally, they came out publicly and unequivocally said, no, 
we're not doing it. It's dead. Let it go. And yet the premier still, because I think there's, he banks on the fact that there's a lot of people who aren't following these things as closely as, as those of us who are, uh, unhinged. Um, but the, he, he's still been talking about the importance of getting KXL built and it's never going to happen. So it's just another example of like, why, why do you think as a PR professional, obviously we're going over our hour tonight. I hope that's okay, Sarah. Um, but obviously as a, as a, as a PR professional, why other than just frank manipulation of people, why does he continue to bang on this drum about this pipeline that even the owners have said, nah, it's not going to happen. There's something in psychology that they call magical thinking. (laughs) Okay. So, Um, so this is, we're seeing the wish. Is yes. The, is, is it the wish? It is the wish. Okay. It is something that maybe perhaps he would like to take on by himself. So he's just really visualizing. Yeah, you know, he's um but no, you the know, secret. It's called the secret, sorry. Yeah, it's and he's hoping that Biden and Trudeau will talk and come to an agreement. Then they're gonna have to find an oil and gas company that will take on um the project but the the project is it's done it is done um i you know even the math doesn't make any sense anymore um not as especially not in this environment um something that mr kenny should have done is not cancel the accrued by rail contracts um this would have helped a lot of his current issues. Um, just for the record, I, I used to work for Bell Company and I'm familiar with the midstream kind of business over there. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a big Christmas ask. And I think he's just trying to hype. So... Right now, with the infrastructure that we have, we are exporting to the U.S. 52% of our production. 52. Which is quite, it's quite a bit. So, Trans Mountain's going to help. But is he going to speak against Trans Mountain now? Well, no, because he needs that pipeline. Um, he's been bashing on the Michigan governor for a while. That didn't help. Um, and the U.S. can easily just compensate for uh, the lack of Russian oil. Uh, you just go North Dakota and pull some backing out, and you're fine. The backing is a little bit more tricky to deal with. It's highly flam- flammable. It's a little bit more dangerous. It's much, much, much more liquid. Um, there's a whole bunch of caveats around backing. Um, but I, there's no, like, personally, I would not be able to justify that ask. Well, it's a fascinating Christmas ask, and I can't help but feel that there should be somebody in the background quietly saying, you'll shoot your eye out. Because if he keeps going down this pathway, it's only going to end in people being more alienated and more disappointed. But then we're also, it brings back to the question how tight of a lid are they keeping in the premier's bubble? 
How isolated is he and how much of an echo chamber is he dealing with? How much is he being hyped with his ideas? It is terrifying to me. Like, I don't know which one's more scary. The fact that he's like openly, willfully misleading people or the fact that he's believes i'm going to back away from the other word i was going to use um but the fact that that there's a possibility that he could believe that that uh keystone could still happen like one of those is is malevolent and the other one is delusional and i'm going to go out on a limb and say neither are great qualities for a leader no i would love to i would love to know who's uh still trying to push that idea in the premier's office and convince him that it's a good thing to do. I love your optimism, Sarah. I love that you think that it's 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 just they really want to believe that the pipeline's being built. I still gotta gotta land on the side of um, they're just comfortable lying to people. Yeah, well, you know, gotta keep it professional, right? There you go. Um, I think we've got our list here. I think we've got everything. The only other thing I wanted to mention is the one small news story that kind of fell through the cracks, and that was that independent MLA, who used to be a UCP MLA but was kicked out, uh, Todd Lowen wrote oh, a yes. letter to the RCMP. A love letter to the RCMP. Because he has concerns that there was influence peddling that went on, and this was reported on leading up to the UCP AGM, um, but he has concerns that there was influence peddling going on uh, and that the Premier's office... W- Effectively, he he has concerns that they they broke a boatload of laws in regards to getting people to come down and make sure that the the non-confidence motion in Kenny didn't happen at the AGM and instead got pushed to the SGM. So, I mean, again, it's one of those things I don't believe I could be wrong. I don't believe Todd Lowen is a practicing lawyer. And so I'm not going to try to. I'm certainly not, um, but it's going to be an interesting thing to see whether or not the the RCMP say that they're going to going to do anything with that. Ben, I promised I'd come back to you. You hung out the whole time. What was it that you wanted to to add there? Well, it's it's called patience. And uh, hey, a couple of quick things. I was expecting some polls about uh, your premier thing on your timeline. So it's not too late. Some polls on your premier would be helpful. And more importantly, I wanted to know, now that you're going to the um, SGM, are you going to do a bit of a Jordan Clapper, a.k.a. the Daily Show skit for us? You know, I'm just going to say that I've got plans and I won't be going up alone. Um, uh, there, there, there are going to be other people who are, are coming up with, with yeah. team well, breakdown. It, it, and... You know, I have experience of being kicked out of UCP conventions, <laughs> so I will be there for moral support. Okay. Um, and because I, will... I know there are a lot of questions you ask Sarah and she really wants to explain, but wouldn't. And I think if you do a bit of a Jordan Clapper, we would get slightly interesting answers. Just an yeah. idea. We're we're gonna have a whole a whole episode that comes out of it. And I can guarantee you that if they see my name on that list, they're gonna be running after me, revoking my pass. I'm just I'm amazed. Like I, I I'll be honest, when I bought when I bought my membership, because I said I would, um, I was sort of like, okay, let's see what happens here. Um, but at the same time, like 
I've been very clear. The the reason, you know, that there were a lot of people who said they wanted to see the breakdown attend the thing. Um, I've been very clear that we're not going to be disruptive. Uh, and I mean, Brian Jean has run on a campaign of getting rid of Kenny. And so if, if he's allowed to, to, to get a membership and run, I would be fascinated to know the reasons why they would, they would revoke uh, yeah. my you, membership. But that's, you know, if they do, that's even its you, own you can, brand of fun. But we're going up no matter me, what. You can find me in the hospitality suites. There you go. That's where, because I always get invites for hospitality suites after. Weirdly, at the convention, I got the most right-wing invites. Like, the, the people that genuinely do not, do not on anything agree with, those are the ones that invited me last time. But appetizers. Uh, who yeah, who, well, who says know, no to free appetizers? Can, little canapes, little beer. You know, everything's good. But um, no, it's going to be interesting to see what's going to happen because I know that there's some big names that are going to be ramping up pretty quick here and working stuff in the background. Oh, yeah. It's, it's giddy up because the next three weeks will be... Because if... So let's talk about Tuesday's election for a second, shall we? Yeah, let's let's finish up on that. Yeah. So Tuesday it's the by-election in Fort McMurray, Laclabish. I'm expecting Mr. Jean to win between forty to forty-five percent of the vote, which is, is not strong. That's it. Then you're gonna have um Adriana Mancini, probably gonna be maybe in the high twenties. And then the one that we're gonna have to keep an eye on is the Wild Rose. The Whippa? Yep. The Whippa. So we're going to have to keep an eye on the Whippa. Because where... So if you look at the electoral map and you look at where the races were tight last election, the Whippa could be making the difference. Tuesday night is going to be extremely telling on what will be happening next three weeks. So here's what I'm... Here's what I'm going to predict. I'm going to go a little bit different. Emergency I, podcast. We might have to. Um, we'll have to see. Uh, but here's what I'm going to predict. I'm going to say we're going to see 10% for WIPA. I'm going to say we're going to see between 30 to 35% for the NDP. Okay. Um, but I I really don't think that, that Mr. Gene should be underestimated. And I would be willing to say 55 to 60% of the vote is going to go his way. I'm saying 45 because I think we're underestimating the WIPA. Well, I guess we'll see on Tuesday. We'll see on Tuesday. There we go. Um, so here's where I'll... Uh, anything else to add, Sarah? Is it time to clear the room? No, it's just been a week. It's been extremely busy. COVID's not over, guys. Um, it really is not. I, I, I feel bad because I walked around in the store without a mask today. And I'm kind of having post regrets i just didn't have one on me for some reason um covid's not over um let's not make the sixth wave happen please let's yeah. let's you know let's do our share and i don't know how much more our healthcare system can take at this point. I'm extremely worried. And trust me, guys, you do not want me to reactivate my 
nursing license, I can go operate your respirator because <laughs> those machines changed in 20 years. They, they have changed a little bit. I'm just saying they changed a tiny little bit. Back in my day, it was a little bit more manual. So let's just really try to make an effort and, you know, encourage, have a healthy conversation with your kids about wearing masks in school and it's important. I had to have uh, that conversation with my kids' um, teacher this week, but it is really the last barrier for the under five. We, uh, the next month, I'm predicting the next month's going to be extremely chaotic. And with all the noise that we're having right now, people will get lost very easily and it will be easy to lose focus. Yeah. Oh, and there's a lot of nomination in March, Nate. Is there? What's getting? Who's who's getting nominated in March? Holy! I mean, there's a lot of nomination contests in March. Maybe just... maybe the way I should ask that question is who's getting their nomination refused? In Hold March? on, just uh, give me a second here. <laughs> so, um, Lac Saint uh, Lac Saint Anne Parkland for the NDP March 12th, Lesser Slave Lake NDP March 13th. Calgary Shaw UCP March 21st. Calgary Southeast at UCP March 21st. Cardston Siksika UCP March 21st. Rimby Rocky Mountain House Sundry UCP March 23rd. UCP Calgary Edgemont March 24th. Calgary Klein UCP March 24th. I cannot wait to see that one. What's going to happen there? Because I'm hearing some noise. Uh, Drum Heller Stettler UCP March 24th. Fort Saskatchewan, Vigreville, UCP, March 24th. Peace River, UCP, March 24th. St. Albury, NDP, March 24th. Calgary Klein, hi, Maddie McMillan. Uh, I know she's listening uh, right now, M March 26th. Benf Kananaskis, NDP, uh, March 27th. Calgary Biddington, UCP, March 29th. Holy Calgary, hell. Calgary <laughs> East, UCP, March 29th. Old Stittsbury Tree Hills UCP March 29th. Strathcona Sherwood Park UCP. Is that uh Sir Mr. Turton's uh writing? I believe it is. Yeah, March 24th. Thoughts and prayers, Cyril. Peace River UCP, March 24th. St. Albert NDP, March 24th. Calgary Klein NDP, March 26th. Am I repeating myself right now? Oh no, that's the no, NDP. You're, you're still and Ben Ben UCP. Oh, no, sorry. Um, whoa, 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 I'm losing. Camrose NDP, April 3rd. Edmonton White Mud NDP, April 7th. Calgary East NDP, April 9th. Edmonton Mill Woods NDP, April 10th. And I know that there's more coming. So here's all I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say about that. Boy, that's, that's, a lot. That's, that's a lot of nominations for an election that's allegedly uh, still over a year away especially in calgary yep so i mean there's been speculation and i would be willing i would be willing to bet at this point in time that uh we will not make it all the way to uh what is it may of oh, 2023 and i'm going to say oh fuck no we're not gonna make it <laughs> there we go one way or the other we will not make it to may 2023 Hard to end on a higher note than that. And I'm expecting some phone calls tomorrow morning. There you go. As always, if you appreciate the kind of content that we're trying to produce here at The Breakdown and you wouldn't mind chipping in a little bit for gas for the ride up 
to Red Deer on April 9th. And also, uh, there's gonna we're gonna have a baby to feed. There we go. Yeah, so you know, I need food. There we go. Yeah. So, um, if if that's if that's the kind of thing you think you can get behind, then by all means, please consider signing up to be one of our Patreon supporters at www.patreon.com/slash/thebreakdownab, where for the price of a fancy cup of coffee, just once a month, you only got to give up one. And I'm a coffee man. I love my coffee. I get what a sacrifice it is, but it's a small one. In yeah, the but name you of- get the giant frappuccino caramel extra sugar on top. No, I don't get the whipped cream. No whip. No whip. It's okay. Yeah, it's okay if you don't get the whipped cream. It's it's a cold drink, so you actually burn calories heating it Mm -hmm. up. I'm I'm certain of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you want to help support what we're trying to do here, you can you can sign up at www.patreon.com. Uh, and I just want to say, as I try to every week, first of all, thank you so much to Sarah uh, for coming and and balancing my insanity. And mm-hmm. also, thank you to everybody who tuned in with us in live tonight, but also everybody who listens to this on the podcast. I said earlier on in the show, I'm a firm believer that the foundation of any democracy is a well-informed electorate. And the fact that you're listening to this means that you're trying to be engaged. And and you're doing your own research. Exactly. We'll steal one of their lines. There we go. (laughs) Sorry, I feel salty right now. That's a, you you got quite salty tonight. I enjoyed it. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's been a rough right. week. There we go. We will see if we're gonna do uh an emergency spaces at some point during the week to mm-hmm. deal with the the Brian Jean predicted crushing victory. We're not uh, gonna make it until Wednesday. Probably not. Mm-hmm. Um and we will talk to everybody soon. Thank you so much again, okay. everybody. Bye. Bye bye.